In three, two, one, boom! We are back on the Basil Meets podcast, and today we have a very special guest. Wow, okay. Really special. <laughs> so special that I even have an audience in the studio here today just to watch him. Because uh, when I said this guy's gonna stop by, everybody got excited. Nice. You know, so, uh, so let me give you a hint. He sings, he sings really well pretty big and his name starts with an A and ends with a Z Zizmarata <laughs> I don't man good, good, good to have good. you on the Master Me's yeah, podcast thanks, man. man thanks uh, it's been a long time coming I was trying to uh, get this uh, done for a while so I'm really happy that you're here and uh, yeah, finally too. here me so. too yeah yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard how you started all of this, and it was uh, actually with uh, meeting Metallica. Yeah, is that, is that how you kicked this off? Yeah, a little band called Metallica. You know. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know them. Yeah. You know, I, they, look, uh, I look forward to your exit. Like, how do you, how <laughs> I don't do you know exit how the exit's gonna be. But I think it's it's so awesome to have you here because your story and your rise has been so fascinating to watch. You know, you've almost become, you've went from this like musical, uh, passionate person to becoming this musical writer to this becoming this cold play almost uh, of the Middle East. And I found this entire uh, rise from or your entire journey to be very, very fascinating. And um, just asking and, and reading and knowing about you before we come onto the show, onto the, onto the podcast, onto this episode, um, I also learned a few things that were very, very uh, interesting about you and, and how you uh, did your journey. So I guess I want to throw it to you just to ask you, how did this all start? How did Aziz Maraka uh, oh, decide, wow. you know what, I want to do music for the rest of my life, knowing that you are living in the Middle East, and it is really hard to say that you want to do something if it's not a doctor or, a, you know. Engineer. I mean, I mean, the fear, uh, the fear is always that everyone is gonna think that you are delusional. You know, when you talk, just I mean, even when you say the word dream, it's so meaningless nowadays. And I honestly had a dream, like I couldn't really name it anything else. Uh, I, man, I tried everything. I mean. Uh, Originally, I went to study in the U.S. in a scholarship, and the way I applied is, you know, I was uh, I was looking forward to becoming the minister of culture in oh, Jordan. So that was like the approach, that's and so that's cool. how I got the scholarship, <laughs> fools. But anyway, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> okay. But uh, I mean, I got very proper education. Uh, you know, I, I specialized in uh, music composition. That was my B.A. degree. Uh, I did a lot of intensive seminars in project management and uh, in general, you know, because again, they were prepping for me to be a minister at any point in Jordan. And uh, from there, I started to meet a lot of friends, musician friends that would f be forming these bands. And some of them were like, definitely not, not going to make it. But just seeing the passion and what they're willing to do uh, to make it happen, it inspired me. So for my final project in school, uh, I went to my professor and I told him, listen, man, I know like this is supposed to be a classical school and I'm supposed to do an orchestrated uh, program for, for this uh, graduation project, but that's not going to work. Like if I go back to Jordan with this, I'm going to be nobody. So he's like, what do you have in mind? I was like, maybe I could try a fusion of rock and Arabic and jazz and call it Raz, you know, some, some sort of proposition like this. Uh, I'll do a show named Bonds Across Borders and I'll promote it in the university and this will be my final project. So they're like, okay, let's give that a try. I made an eight uh, song program and uh, some of these songs are still until now uh, popular like Bintin Nas and uh, Possessed and some others and Ibki. Uh, 600 students attended the show. Apparently that was like uh, the most attended uh, graduation project in the history of the university wow. that was established in the late 1800s. Wow. And uh, from there, uh, I felt like, okay, I've, I've got something. I've got something I should really pursue. And what year are we talking about here? Uh, 2006. 2006. So okay. I go back to Jordan thinking I could bring my band uh, that is from the U.S. 
I contacted the American embassy. I'm like, I've got this project. Like, shoot, shoot, just, just go away. You know, like that's not. We're not gonna do anything really to support this. Wow. And uh, I had to start it all over again. So I started meeting more musicians, uh, and then I went way off track. I mean, I remember the first rehearsal. One of the guys, the musicians, he calls me and he's like, listen, man, I don't think I can make it to the rehearsal. I was like, why is that? He's like, I, I don't want to talk about it, but I just can't. And then finally I call him back. I was like, dude, I do I'll do anything. This is my first rehearsal in this country. I really need this. He goes, could you pay for my cab? I'm like, okay, yeah, I can. I used to, at this point, take my, uh, you know, take, um, what do you call it, stipend from my parents, you know. So I paid for his cab, and I mean, I sat there after the rehearsal, I was like, that's not gonna work, you know, like you, you need self-sustainable musicians, you need people who uh, can make a living. So this is where the project management uh, side uh, started to kick in. I sat with a bunch of event management companies in Jordan, and I told them, uh, we can uh, cater to all of your events, corporate events. So it's like, why bring all these expensive singers from Lebanon and Egypt and all these different places where, you know, it's an automotive event. I'll make a song for your car. What is it? A Porsche, an Audi? I'll make the music for it. So I started to get that kind of business, got completely off track. Like at that point, I was not singing my songs anymore. And I ended up with a, with a music artist agency with like um, maybe 50% of the market share, hotels, weddings, all of wow. that. And I made sure that uh, the musicians, uh, of course, I need even way more than my musicians. So I had like 30 or 40 musicians in hand. And we started doing all these different events. Uh, of course, money was not an issue anymore. It was good to see uh, that my musicians now are backed up in that sense. And every once in a while, we'll do one of my Aziz Maraka concerts. At this point, it's, my music sounded strange. It wasn't really working. But I would get all these... Uh, winners from like Star Academy and Arab, whatever these programs are called, and uh, we would do their gigs for them. So I started to get exposure to Arabic music, uh, to wedding music, to hotel music, you know. So I started to get a really wide variety of what music can do and, and why people would need it. Uh, eventually, I got to a point where, and of course I worked also, anything that had money in the industry, I did it. So anyway, from, uh, from film production to studio production, I did everything. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I don't own my time at all. I'd like to start my own platform. Started something called Bands Across Borders. At this point, my relationship with the corporate was very solid, of course, because of all the history uh, as an agency. And I started to convince people to hop on board. So I started organizing my own concerts and really level up and you know, was able to um, uh, create some sort of brand equity, you know, for the things I do and the projects I do. As Aziz. As uh, Aziz and his uh, format. At this point, I created a platform called Bands Across Borders. Luckily, Bands Across Borders, B-A-B, so it was BAB. So it was so easy for oh, nice. me, you know. BAB, oh, did you go cool. to BAB? Have you done BAB? Have you tried BAB? You know, so that nice. was a good three, four years. Very cool. Uh, Aziz, can I ask you to speak just closer to uh, the mic? Sorry about that. Okay. Because, ah, there you go now. Okay, okay, okay. You look okay, so okay, beautiful okay. now. That, uh, <laughs> hey, so you're going to have to push the gain on everything <laughs> that happened really before I'm really going to push the gain up for you. <laughs> okay. you. You look beautiful now. Okay, yeah, cool. Yes. So, uh, from there, I was doing well, but still felt, and there was a lot going on in the region. I just felt uncomfortable being in the region at that point for so many reasons. Uh, just the vibe wasn't right, it wasn't good, and uh, and I decided to simply immigrate to the States. Oh, wow, okay. So, uh, when I went to the States, um, I started to get further and further and further from the dream. Uh, I did a lot of projects. I was always good in sales. I could always score a project, like I did the news for some Arab country for like a year. Like every TV station in that country. I did the news music for it. Oh, like wow. News was my thing, you know. I could come up with them. Like right now, I can produce news music for you. Oh, man, it's so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My head was doing that all night, you know. And uh, so I did some of this, some of that. I applied for a job once. And, uh, of course, you know, like I said in the interview, it was like promotional events or some, something like that. And they're like, your interview will be at Sam's. Like Sam's Club, you know, it's it's if you don't know Sam's Club, it's like, it's you know you you know Walmart, but then you've got like you no know, a bigger sized Walmart yeah. basically. 
So I sat in the interview. I couldn't really understand what I was actually applying for. But anyway, it turns out to be one of those uh, potato stands where like, this is, there's this new hot product and I'm supposed to like fry potato and convince Whoa. the customers to... <laughs> that's, not, that's not the story I was and, expecting. I, you know, and they were really impressed. You know, they're like, wow, you're so good. You're so smart. Yeah, you know, you can hop on board. You got the second interview. Congratulations. I sit in the second interview and this guy... Uh, while we're talking, he's like, what did you study? I was like, music composition. And actually, at this point, I have a following, you know, like it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't so good, but I had a following. I had people that listened to my music, uh, maybe just in Jordan and Palestine at that point. And while we're talking, he's like, man, I studied uh, the flute. I had a BA degree in flute performance. Whoa. And here I am now, you know, I'm, he's basically going to be my boss. You know, so finally it's like, you know, congratulations, you got the job and everything. It was like, you know what, man, no, I can't do it. I really can't do it. I'm not going to... But frying potatoes, though. Yeah, no, like stuffed potatoes. They were very good. Some of them were stuffed with cheese, some were parsley, some... (laughs) It's a great concept. (laughs) You should try it. (laughs) But anyway... Uh, that's when I figured, like, no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep giving this a try. I mean, in America, uh, the bills were really tough and so easy to get sucked in into, into the system and just end up a slave to pay your monthly bills. Yeah. And uh, despite that situation, uh, I realized I want to give it another try. Uh, I did a music video. Very simple. It's not that good anyway. But... Uh, I released the video, and that was the first time I started to see comments from Egypt. This was which song? Uh, Smatic. Smatic, okay. And I was meaning to make the song to, to, to address to, to uh, Jordanian and Palestinian women about being heard, you know. And uh, it didn't really do much in Jordan Palestine, and suddenly Egypt was on the table. Wow. And that was like in 2014. Oh, wow. And after that, I mean, wow, you know, I, I could see the reward of the universe once you get to know what you really want. And of course, I had to go through a lot of self-therapy, you know, having the confidence uh, to, you know, it's so hard for anyone to close their eyes and say, I am worthy of fame. I could become a star. I could become famous. Like these are very difficult terms. The ego is just, our egos don't accept it, you know, because it's not modest yeah. to say something like that. I'm going to be famous. You know, it sounds very delusional and just not logical. Yeah. But I figured I'll give it a try. And uh, after that, it was one song after the other. And I mean, the ripple effect was was massive. And then before you know it, uh, you know, I was back in the Middle East. I realized, uh, I realized I left the Middle East for whatever journey that I encountered in the U.S. But definitely it led me back to the same point, stronger, more confident. And... Um, with a much, much less uh, vague and foggy journey to look at. There's a lot here I think I want to ask you about. Um, first one is, you know, when, you, when we talk about Jordan or we talk about this region, um, this is a quite a, quite a conservative um, region and quite a conservative country, specifically mm-hmm. Jordan. How did your parents... Uh, you know, how did they respond when you were saying, you know what, what I want to do is I want to do this full time and I want to be into music full time? I had the opposite experience of every musician I know, even those that I met out in the West. Um, I wanted to study business. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't know the Jordanian system, but you could do Tawjihi, which is basically the high school or bachelor, I don't know what, what you call it, but basically end of high school, senior year, it's Tawjihi. To me back then, I wanted the, the society to be proud of me more than my dad. I had a girlfriend and I wanted her dad to know me as a person that fit what he thinks is an ideal guy or boy for her, for his daughter. And uh, I studied really hard in Tawjihi. I didn't get the grade I wanted and I, I was really sad uh, because I couldn't go in business in public school. Tawjihi being the uh, high school system in Jordan. Yeah, senior year, basically, you know. And you have to get a a particular grade given to you by the government uh, so you can join public schools for a low rate. And, you know, I just wanted... It was not about my parents at that point. I just, you know, I had a girlfriend and I didn't know how I was going to propose to her and be her fiancé during school if I'm not a Mr. Perfect uh, in public school kid, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't get the grade I needed. 
And then I was all sad about it. So my dad finds out I'm sad, although he's shocked that I even passed Tawjihi. And I got a good grade, you know, but like not good enough. Like, I'm I just guess. impressed that you passed. Yeah, 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 That's no, amazing. He, so he was really shocked. And I was like, you know, I can't study business with this. What the heck am I going to do? And he goes, who said you're studying business? Knowing you, you will always fail to be at work on time. You will be the worst employee in the kingdom of Jordan. Wow. So you're going to music school because that's the only thing you're good at when it comes to commitment. Wow. You know? That's amazing. It's yeah, very supportive. Yeah, yeah, And I, I mean, you know, and, and at this point, he's talking to me. He's a very wise man. But I'm thinking, what am I going to say to my girlfriend? You know, <laughs> and at this point, I'm 18, you know, like, who cares? <laughs> so I went to music school. And within a year, uh, I applied for a program by uh, King Abdullah Foundation. And they were looking into... Uh, liberal arts in general so music was a fit for this program and I got a scholarship and they sent me to the US that's fascinating so does your dad have a background in uh, in music media. or creative arts he's in media, in media. He's, uh, he's been a political analyst for a very long time He's worked in media, he's been uh, a show host on TV, on radio. He's guy, he goes way back, you know, when it comes to media. In, so he's a written word type man, like sort of a, a crazy person. His job is to phrase a piece of news, you know. Oh, wow. And, and uh, that man can, can give uh, a lot of good advice, I gotta say. And, and he's got the radio voice, so imagine that voice in your head, you know, like the sound of wisdom is definitely my dad's voice. Oh, wow. We do disagree sometimes, but his voice is always there. And it's very bassy and it's just... It I love that. fill your ears, yeah. But I love that your dad is the one who sort of like told you, forget business, music's what you're good at. So it's like to, to actually realize that you're, like his son had so much potential and that belief must have come such a long way for you to actually he, the figure he knew, of your father. He knew I would drive every manager and every boss crazy because yeah. he was my boss, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I mean... I was a good kid, but I, um, he still has nightmares about calling my name, needing me for something, and like I wouldn't respond, and like he still has nightmares like this. They've lost me in so many different places when I was a kid. Uh, like literally, like we'd go to the beach and then they'd lose me for a couple of hours, oh, you know, and no. then I'll, I'd be back and they'd be angry. and So they always knew that I was in my own head, and no one would be able to guide me uh, into any career except what I know best which was music back then how were you as a kid were you into music were you yeah yeah I mean I've, uh, I've always uh, sang my textbooks uh, you sang your textbooks yeah uh, yeah I would sing all of them like that that's how I that was the only way for me to even want to read anything you know wow and uh, especially being in French schools which are kind of tough schools you were uh, in back, French schools in, back in Tunisia before we moved to Jordan and then uh, so many layers okay and and then uh, my dad got me a little keyboard like a Casio keyboard I really enjoyed it it was so easy for me to figure it out and I was playing with two hands in no time and then uh, my mom purchased a piano an actual actual acoustic piano uh, and they put me signed me up for piano lessons and from there, I mean, it was just a matter of time before this becomes really just my thing, you know. Were you rebellious as a, as a child? I did whatever I wanted. Okay. You know, um, I feel sometimes that I, now when I look back at my childhood, I had a different understanding of things. Like, mm. uh, like I would get in an argument with a teacher and I, I always knew exactly the relationship. I remember one teacher, one time I was just responding to a friend of mine. He talked to me, so I talked back, and the teacher threw a, uh, like a chalk at me. Yeah. And I was like, you don't get to do that. Uh, now when I think about it, I, it, it drives me crazy. Like, why did I understand the system like this? I was like, you don't get to do that. He's like, I'm your teacher. I was like, yeah, but my parents pay money to sign me up in a, in a classroom. Ah, he was, he was asking me also to leave the room. So I was like, no, I'm not going to leave the room. You know, my parents paid for this. You're getting paid to teach me. So we need to really, you know, have the proper relationship That's here. a really good way to think so about he, it, man. So he sent me to the principal office <laughs> and I was in trouble. But I always had an understanding of how things work. Uh, I simplified things a lot. Yeah, amazing. So you were saying earlier about um, deserving. Uh, you, you thought that you would deserve... You know, at some point you did some self-therapy and you thought, like, this is for me. I deserve to be uh, famous and I want this. 
what kind of process did you have to go through with yourself to actually realize oh, wow. yeah. this? This is so fascinating for me because, like, honestly, this speaks about something so in- introspective inside of you that not a lot of people um, know. You know, and that's something that would be very interesting. It to seems know. that we humans, as we interact more, and we, uh, and then the internet b- brought us all together, and you get all the G- the GIFs and all the jokes, and we're all becoming ironic, and it seems that we are turning into bullies without uh, knowing that we're doing that. So mm. we've all we always have something funny to say about something, uh, someone else, yeah. and sarcasm. And I think we do it so much that we end up imprisoned by our own sarcasm. Because if someone comes up to you and says, hey, I'm going to be this big star, there's a part of you that is just going to laugh at him a little bit, you know, or feel bad for him. Like, mm. wow, why would you think that? So, so it seems that the first, uh, the first step to get out of this is to stop judging others. Mm. So to accept everyone, and you never know, you, meet, you might meet someone that looks so modest to you, but this is just the young version of them. You never know what they will be. They might be a prime minister. They might be, uh, you know, uh, an entrepreneur. They might be anything, an yeah. inventor. So we tend to uh, wait for someone to tell us that someone is famous, you know. Then we will believe it. But for someone to come up to you and tell you, this is my dream, this is what I'm going to do, it sounds kind of delusional. But it takes a lot of steps, man. I mean, I mean, um, it's. Uh, you guys okay? Cover? Yeah, yeah. It's okay, guys. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, guys. This whole thing fell apart. It's okay. It's okay. You know what? Actually, give me a second. I'll, I'll just uh, put the AC off. Yeah, the soft can take it. When the. Okay. Okay. Sorry, sorry. We'll just f- f- figure this one out. Okay, Aziz, I'm sorry about that. No, it's okay. You uh, got, and if you want to smoke th- 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 throughout this, it's totally fine. No, let me anyway. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't want to. Smoke. I don't smoke. Yeah, I'll cut I that out. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. So, uh, so we were talking about um, fame and to to believe fame. to believe that you could become famous. Uh, it takes modesty and uh, judging others less. Uh, realize what makes you, and it's our closest friends, you know, that actually uh, make it so hard. Mm. Because every step you take, you're thinking about what your dad is going to think and what your best friend is going to think. And that guy that has always been sarcastic about everything you do. So you think about these very few people, right? you know, and yeah. how they're going to look at it without uh, uh, remembering that actually on the long run, uh, these people will adapt to whatever... Uh, happens with you so if you grow they will understand that you grew yeah some might be jealous some might not uh, some will be happy uh, but friends are there you know so my friends for example would always tell me you know sing an Egyptian song sing a Lebanese song just take the shortcut right I've always felt like I've, I have nothing to add to the Egyptian song list yeah. or Lebanese and why would someone from Jordan add to their list right. so the only way I could make it is in my own dialect in my own logic in my own way of phrasing and wording Yeah. and uh, and it worked but again to for one to believe in themselves uh, it takes a lot of modesty it takes a lot of trust uh, it takes a lot of separation like you have to separate between the singer that you're putting out there and, you know, whatever you feed into that social media image. And then yourself, who yeah. is a person who's pursuing uh, uh, success. So for me to be successful as a musician, my only way is to become famous. Like, that is the only way to make it. There is no other way. Right. If you have fame, then you'll be able to address your message to a lot of people and then you can grow. You had no plan B. You are like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And I need to have that success. Uh, and it's definitely better than selling uh, stuffed potatoes. Yeah, stuffed you know? potatoes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I find that very fascinating because, honestly, when I was uh, when I first started this podcast, it, there is that, that phase in the beginning where you're just worried about what people have to say and, That's right. and people's opinions and that kind of thing. And I got so many people asking me, like, well, what is this thing that you're doing? What is a podcast? Uh, what's, yeah, are you going to make any money out of this? Mm-hmm. Or... Mm-hmm. 
And it is, you fear the, the people's opinions, you fear people's uh, point of views and that kind of thing, which, which you kind of have to like power through in order for you to sort of like get to a phase where you just don't care anymore. And I think that's where you probably like are, where you actually pass this phase and you stopped caring. Absolutely. What uh, careless, to be careless is, is a key uh, component in, in success. I have this cousin, you know, he's a banker. And he's a CEO of, of a bank in Jordan. And every time he sees me, he's like, how much money did you save so far? He's been asking me this question since 10 yeah. years. And every time I'd be like, ah, you know, I'm saving some. I, I wouldn't have even any savings. I'd be in debt, you know. Yeah. But I just wanted to impress him all the time. You know, it was such a pressuring question. How much money do you have? And he's, he's that way. He's always been that way, you know. Yeah. And he'd be like, Aziz, okay, now you save the money and, you know, you, you buy yourself real estate and you do this and you do that. He's trying to tell me how to manage the money yeah. that I don't have. But uh, eventually, once I started to really make it, my answer was like, listen, buddy, <laughs> listen, cousin, I don't have savings at this point. I really like where career is, is going. Uh, I see real growth and money hasn't been an issue anymore. But that's where I'm at yeah. at this point, and I love what I'm doing. And there is nothing else for me to do. Again, like that is what I'm born to do. So, was there a moment for you where you uh, felt, whoa, like I've made it, or or this is this is incredible? Like there this were is- there were moments. I'm glad that I've never been uh, through serious shocks. Like I again, like I told you, when I used to form the bands for those. Uh, Poor guys, I mean, for the majority of them that uh, get out of a show like Star Academy or anything like this, because they get on TV for three weeks. They do three, three shows in, in three weeks with massive production and dancers and everything that that television would expect from itself to present to the, its viewers. Yeah. So they put the singer in the middle of all of this, a talent. And then they get so famous and then they get out of the show. They come back home and they're massive. They're really big. Yeah. And I've seen all of them, almost all of them, just lose it. Just really lose it. Because at first they're like, okay, I'm worth this much. Yeah. Forgetting that the band of the show is gone, the dancers are gone, the lights are gone, the directors are gone, the promotion is gone. It's just you again. Yeah. And then it just hits them because they fall, man, just a free fall. Yeah. You know, they don't... I feel lucky that I did this step by step. I remember... Uh, um, my friend, I always had many friends, like hundreds of them. So they would come and support my concerts. Yeah. And then I would start to get these new guys, you know, like, wow, I really like this song, I like that song. And then uh, the fan base kept growing. I remember the first time I started to find the fans that don't know what to do about this, like shaking and wanting a picture and all of this. I remember actually the very first one. How was it? It's, uh, I thought she was strange. Oh, really? To me, I felt like, wow, because again, I, ha- I haven't really reached the confidence yeah. at that point. So to me, I felt like, like maybe, what if me and all of my fan base, my entire fan base are delusional and we don't know what we're doing? Really? Wow. You know, like, I mean, confidence, man, it's sometimes I would have these like tiny thoughts, like what if they're all like, what if this whole thing is a... Uh, what do you call it? Like a, like a, like not a scam, but like a camera um, khafiya. Uh, what do you call it? Oh, like a candid camera. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, a hidden yeah. camera show, and yeah. they're all agreeing. Let's make this guy believe that he's good. I don't know. Like I would get moments like this, but uh, but I remember seeing that first fan and thinking, this is bizarre. Yeah. This is very bizarre behavior. And then it was the second and third and fourth, and then it was in the hundreds and then thousands of fans acting this way. You know? It must be crazy, though. Like the but way. it didn't sneak up on me. That's what, why I feel lucky. Like, it did not sneak up on me. I saw it happens, and, and every time something new happened when it comes to fan relationship, I would have enough time to grasp it and discuss it with the people around me. What do you think this is, and what do we do about it? Yeah. So I feel lucky that so far I've been watching the growth and I, I, it, it doesn't take me by surprise. It must be, it must be crazy though, like to, to walk up on a stage and you sing a song that you wrote yourself um, and then you hear the entire audience singing along with you. What, like, 
what a feeling, huh? Like, I don't know. I don't, like, talk to me about that. Like, how does that feel to, these words, like, you've touched so many people, you know, with these words. And now they're throwing it back at you, live, in a setting with thousands of people. How do you feel when something like this happens? Like, I mean, there's, a, there's an upside and downside. Uh, the upside is that, man, it's the vibes. Forget about the lyrics. Just the vibes. When you hear thousands of people shouting the lyrics, and now I developed enough experience to know when they're going to shout. So when I wait for it, anticipate it, and every time is even a bigger shout, it's, it's heartwarming. Like there isn't, I, there isn't anyone else I would want to be. You know, like yeah. you look back at your life and you're like, okay, this is a good life, right, you know? Yeah. And so it's definitely a peak in, 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 in my life dynamics. The downside, I feel a sense of responsibility. Yeah. What if I'm another guy who's a fling and that's people are like, oh yeah, let me like this Aziz guy and, and then it's gone. So I feel like I want to keep up with it and grow it more, you know? But what I like about it is it's been quite organic, your growth, you know? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, like since 2014 is when you started sort of like, people started knowing like in Egypt and, and we're in 2019, nearly 2020 I now. I mean, it's organic in every meaning. And, yeah. and uh, even to the level where I had a couple of years where I started to learn all about SEO and digital media and nice. here's how you boost and this is how you target. Here's the manual, you know, by the book, you know, and I would read all these special articles to get all the techniques, 13 ways to target yeah. your audience and yeah. duplicate it by 10. <laughs> you know, did all of that, uh, spent money. At that point, I had like 12,000 followers on Facebook, barely 1,000 on, uh, on Instagram and Twitter wasn't even something to talk about at that point. Uh, and I remember I started boosting and boosting, so I started to get these multiple hundred likes and shares, but then like random following like strange names with weird emojis in the, in the, you know, in the Facebook name and all of that is just, and then after a while, I remember I stopped boosting because I didn't feel on ground that this was doing anything. I mean, mm. the page was growing, but not really. And I remember this one time I posted something. I think it was check, check, or something like that. Yeah. And I got zero responses. No likes, nothing. Uh, maybe one comment. One of those people that always commented on everything because that's their behavior anyway. You know, yeah. like it was not really. And I had such a lonely feeling because I was in the States. I was really far from this audience physically. Mm. And now I'm just talking to myself in my own uh, room you know, mm. called Facebook page. And starting from there, I was like, you know what? If it doesn't bring the views, if it doesn't bring the likes, it means it's not good enough. Mm. Numbers never lie. So I started to change the way I approach this. And the more organic and real I got, the more I was able to, um, to reach. And then it became an outlet where it's just your outlet. Whatever you want to say, it's yours. And that's also a responsibility. Yeah. I have to say, so far, this career has been a serious therapy, you know, for me. Really? And it's fulfilling in that sense. So when you say you, when you saw that um, break point, so you sit, you're sitting there, you, you're talking, you said you're talking to yourself on your Facebook page. Was there a break point for you that you saw this is really tangible, now it's actually being translated from the ground to your, uh, whatever happening online, it's actually now translating to the ground. And now you're walking around and people are recognizing you, they know your songs, you're getting these comments. Was there a moment for you that you realized, man, I really need to like, just let go of everything and just focus on this as, as my thing? Was there a certain song, a certain uh, concert, a certain... It's, um... look, there was a point where I was doing everything. And there was a point where I had a couple of successful songs and people were listening, but I was still a company owner. Uh, I was uh, managing, uh, organizing festivals and concerts and stand-up comedy shows and all of that in okay. Jordan, the business side. Right. The thing about business, it's like this, it's quick money. It's like, it's guaranteed. We just bring this comedian. Everybody knows this comedian. Everybody loves this comedian. We bring him, the sponsors will put in their money. The guys will, the, the people will buy the, the tickets and bam, you make your money. But the time that it takes you 
and the distraction that it creates in your journey in life and what you really want and your relationship with the universe as far as a clear message of what you want gets so distracted i call it candy it's just it's like you just get candy from the universe you don't really get the treasure you just and it seems like we have this ironic relationship with the universe it's it kind of like tries us out every every once in a while it's like i want something big you know and the universe is kind of like here's a piece of candy mm. you know yeah and if you're like oh okay i'll take it it's like okay he's good with candy you know <laughs> yeah it's kind of like this so i had all these different things going on and then man the irony is just like everything just broke i mean i i started to have uh, issues with the ta- taxation because i was running a company while as my dad said like that's not really your thing i am business oriented but not to a level where i would run a whole company on my own right and then uh, and then i started to lose money and just things went to a place that i could never see coming i was so much in debt and that's the moment I decided I want to do things anyway different. I had met a guy one year before. He's an Italian, very bizarre guy, but he was a producer uh, or investor. And we didn't get along, but I could always remember he said two things that I, I, I really, they resonated with me, although I, I used to have a lot of disagreement with him. But he said, be uh, naive enough to connect the dots. You know, like you have to have enough because we overthink everything. It's like you've got to be ch- chilled out and naive enough to understand that things are happening for you. They're all connected. Yeah. So be naive enough. And the second thing he said uh, in relation to uh, in relation to, to the debt and, and loss, he, he, he always told me, it seems like you're a passionate musician, but you're, you're not on fire. You've got so busy with making money and he would always say money 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 everybody wants to make money you know he would always say that to me and it used to get on my nerves because that was me mm. you know yeah it's like you've got no fire and he said okay this is the third advice sorry i forgot it i kind of just filled the gap with this <laughs> he, he gave me a lot of advice obviously but one of them uh wow i forgot it again oh the third advice come on we need, uh, third, <laughs> we need the, the third the, advice, the third advice. <laughs> wow I'll, I'll, I'll remember. It's all this metal in the background. I think that's <laughs> it's the metal that's music. What it is. <laughs> no, but in in relation to uh, to losing, I lost it. I lost it. Money, something money, about money. Money, money, money. Everybody wants to make money, and uh, wow, uh, about about for oh, he goes when you're stuck, when you don't know what to do, everything you know is the right thing to do. Do the opposite of it. Interesting. I mean, who could do that? Interesting. Everything you know is absolutely right. Try the opposite. Interesting. That's when you're lost. And I was lost. I mean, I was in serious debt. I was, people were pursuing me. At this point, uh, I thought I, I'm the kind of guy who should have long hair and had long hair. And that was my style. Yeah, I remember I did your older business, videos. Yeah, I did business like I don't care, you know. I would show up in corporate and I was proud of it. Look at me, you know, all these people are sitting in their suits. Look at me scoring all these gigs and all these corporate deals while sitting in my shorts with long hair, you know. Yeah. Like I was proud of it. That was my thing. And finally, I decided to do everything the opposite way. There was a barber for two years. Uh, by my uh, studio, he would ask me to cut my hair because he would look at it and it's very long. I'm like, could I cut your hair? You know, <laughs> for two years, man. And this one, so it became our thing. I would be going, he's like, are you sure? You know, like every time that was our joke. Ha ha ha, no, of course, thank you. Don't touch my hair. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then one time I look at him, I was like, you know what? Let's give it a try. And it Take took it him off. so much by surprise, like, oh, wait, uh, you know, I'm supposed to have I'm not ready. I don't care. I don't okay, let's, do it. <laughs> let's do it. So I cut my hair, I uh, <coughs> used to get a lot of bookings uh, where I would pursue them myself. I, I started to send every potential uh, organizer in the region because none of the concerts would work. I would get a lot of requests from Egypt and, and all these different countries, but I would respond to them and then nothing would come to reality. Mm. So instead of responding to these bookings, I started sending them something like, Aziz is not interested to perform in your country this year, you know? Uh-huh. And then things, man, and it always takes a twist. Like they would take a screenshot of that and be like, who the heck does he think he is? Does he think he is Amr Diab? Does he think he is Angham? And then more promoters started to contact me. Oh, you know? wow. 
It's so crazy. It's high school all over again, you know? So, <laughs> you know? So then, uh, you know, and then uh, they would ask how much it is. I would ask for like a really big number, you know? And it, I was doing it all because I really want to perform. Like, you know, between us, I'd do it for free. You yeah. know, I oh, want to well, perform. Not between us. <laughs> this is not between us. You know? But surprisingly, you'd be amazed how if you do something for free, how much the organizer won't take it seriously and then it will be a right. horrible gig. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's so crazy. Absolutely. We appreciate things that we paid a lot of money for, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know why. It's a very bizarre behavior. <laughs> but anyway, so they started also doing screenshots. Who does he think he is? Amri Diab, Angam, this. And then the strangest response started because people would start saying something like, I like Aziz Maraka's songs and Amri Diab's songs. Mm. Like the association with these names were, who do you think you are? This guy. And then my name actually started to be tweeted and, and, and posted with these names. Wow. And then a hashtag started, bring Aziz to Egypt. And I mean, that was a whole, a whole new chapter. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, wow. Well, that, it's amazing. So like that started and then they brought you out so like and then I started to get time? bookings and fans and it's, it's, it started to get real I mean real by all means was that it your first to time? Get, that was yeah and that was that was when things started to get really serious you know wow before then I was like I'm trying this I don't know I would, I would introduce myself to someone like what do you do I'm like uh, I sing and I produce and you know like I, I'd get, tell them six things seven things yeah and this one time I was actually at the customs in the US and uh and this guy asked me, it's a very simple question. He asked me like the protocol questions and then he's like, what do you do for a living? So I'm like, and this again was happening all in the same phase, right? Like before when I knew, I was sure I was doing everything right. Right. But then all these little signs again, getting naive enough, back off and try to understand what's happening in front of you because it's all there. It's yeah. happening. You just need to be again, naive enough as my Italian friend says to see it. But uh, he goes, what do you do? I'm like, I organize concerts and festivals and I produce music and I sing and this and that. He looks at me, he's like, could you please step aside for further investigation? You know, so I was like, oh man, okay. So I get in the room, investigation room. I wait for 45 minutes, like, what did I do wrong? You know, like I do all these things, it's impressive. Okay, let's try something, anything else, try the opposite of everything, you know. So the guy, the, the next investigator, he's like, uh, so, what do you do for a living? I was like, here's my name. It's Aziz Maraka. Here's how you spell it. Go on Facebook. Check it out. I sing. That's what I do. I'm a singer. So, he goes. He looks it up. He's like, okay, thank you. Wow. And then I understood. Like, you can't meet people and give them six job titles. Like, that's not impressive. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I realized with time that people are so easily distracted. That's like true. when you send a message, even when they, we write the lyrics and everything, you know, like people are so busy. There's so much going on in their life. I mean, look at the Facebook timeline, you know, like you just scroll down and it's most random place in the world. You know, it could be something funny and then something sad and something scary. It could be anything. So people are constantly receiving input. So they have no time for them to hear more than one description yeah. or something. And it's so funny because I did jingles for a while, you know, like radio ads and all that kind of stuff. And I would get a customer is like, okay, we want to put our phone number and our website and this and that and our tagline. I'm like, who is listening? It's not a robot listening to your ads, you know, two phone numbers. <laughs> like I could give you a phone number now, you know, and you won't remember it. I yeah. could ask you to repeat a phone number right now. Yeah. And you won't be able to repeat it. So I learned with time to simplify your messages. Um, you can't you can't express everything that is in you like I might have a philosophical uh, depth I might be knowledgeable about psychology I might know a thing or two about science I can't go out to the fan base and talk <coughs> about all of that that's why a lot of the indie bands don't make it they want to say everything that is on their minds <coughs> you yeah. know and you can't because people get easily distracted. So I learned to simplify the message, to simplify what I want, and so far, so good. <clears throat> well, that's amazing. I think and what's cool about what you're saying is that <clears throat> it has a lot of philosophy behind it. Um, and as I talk to you right now, you, you come across as actually a, quite a philosophical person. Like you have a, and I say that in a good way, um, <clears throat> I think you're a person who's very introspective. 
and you think about your moves and you think about why you're doing what you're doing, which I think is amazing. And I think this is the point of having these type of conversations because there's so much here to learn. <clears throat> I think the fact you're saying that you should, uh, your Italian friend's advice is amazing. And that's really interesting because I think about that sometimes. What if I just do the opposite of what I'm doing right now and see what kind of different results I can get? And, and I think that's something that's, that's <clears throat> really cool. Do you find that when you do these type of things and, and your introspection and the, all these kind of things that you do, does it dictate other things in your life? Like, do you, um, I don't know, in the way you approach people or on the way you uh, consume information or in the way you, um, you know, you put information out there. Do you think about these things as you, as you approach these things? Do you, do you have that level of introspection and thinking of how you want to... Uh, deal with the world and the universe as you're saying right now um what do you mean can you give me an example of what you're going through i'm listening (laughs) no not me (laughs) for you i mean so for you like this seems to all go through like your every action is is um it has a lot of thoughts behind it from what you're saying is that also something you do with you know when you develop relationships with people and have this these kind of like connections with people do you have a certain like framework of thoughts? Like, this is a type of person I'd like to work with. This is a type of person I feel could be a friend. This type of person could be a partner. This type of person could be, you I know think, what I mean? I, I think as far as uh, obtaining new friends, um, it can be it can be tricky now. Mm. Uh, I have my friends that especially I have with known. your fame, actually, right now. It's it's it gets it gets tricky. I have to say, you yeah. know, because uh, especially when it comes to friendships, you know, I learned that I just want a friend. Um, I've I haven't been picky about my friends, but I ended up with a couple at mm. the end of this road, at least so far. Right. Uh, they're the ones that uh, just are there and uh, could be good friends. I try to talk to them about anything except my career, and they are so interested. So we have so much common ground. Interesting. Um, Interesting. You know, outside the music world. Um, when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to dealing with, you know, when it comes to business, that's a whole different story. And I mean, I have a manager that I consider the best manager in the world, Zena Haddad. Shout out to Zena Haddad. <laughs> Shout out to Zena Haddad. Um, I'm blessed and lucky that I, I, I get some um, outstanding people that mm. are very intellectual, very smart, very ahead of the majority of humans in general mm. that happen to be in my life and to guide me uh, in my life. Uh, when it comes to dealing business, it's, it's the good old uh, business techniques. The only hint I give is that it's still high school all over again. As in, as in uh, if you look like you don't care about the deal, the deal will come. If It's the same stuff. Like We just overcomplicate things, but it's not any more sophisticated than that. Friends, I have my old friends. That's it. I mean, the friends I have now are basically... My lifetime friends. Do you find it? Do you find that things have changed for you now that you are way more recognizable, way more known? Do you find that things in your daily life has changed? Do you find like you know just? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I get recognized uh, um, a lot of the times. You know, I'd buy me a cup of coffee, then I end up not paying for it. You know, that kind of stuff. I don't know what to do. You know, like you don't want to get it, get it for granted, and take it for granted and like not offer to pay you know like yeah. so so you have to be careful how to handle this situation yeah uh, but yeah I get and I'm still going through growth you know I'm getting recognized more often but I still have a long way to go so yeah. Uh, but yeah things things are different I have to always look nice <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, you look good. You look yeah, good. Yeah, I have to look good all the time, and uh, because I could be in a picture at any second, any moment, uh, even in my own neighborhood. Uh, so, but I like it. I mean, yeah. like I, I don't mind it. I get few moments once every few months where I just miss not caring that right. much, but I don't miss where I was at when I was like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, interesting. So, are you now? Uh, working on because I heard you're also now working and writing some new tracks and some new songs and uh, how's that process where are you taking us to the next artistic journey for you look it's always been for me uh, about the energy that I deliver to the listener so Mm. I'm always looking for a way to 
give people something that is heartwarming, regardless to what the arrangement is or the type of song or what even what the song is even about. Mm. Like that's to me is irrelevant. Well, the most important thing is the energy and the simple. Like it, if in order to get to your ears, it needs to be simple. Um, now we're working on three or three songs. Uh, which is new to me like I used to work on one song every three four months but now given someone pro- as proactive as Zena uh, I'm working on three songs in the same time shout out to Zena <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep shouting out to Zena yeah, shouting out to Zena <laughs> but uh, she's in the room by the way shout out to Zena <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one song I mean, I don't want to reveal everything because I might change my mind at any moment about anything. At this but point in time, though. <laughs> at this point in time, uh, <clears throat> we have one concept uh, that is about uh, recalling the old days that were really simple and where everything was ideal. So the ideal love and all of that. And mm. it's a guy who wishes he could try that. It's a guy who wishes that he would fall in love and he would wish to even have break up fights with his girlfriend and everything that could be in that relationship. Yeah. So it's a guy who falls in love and breaks up with his imaginary girlfriend and then decides he's never want to be in love again, you know? So it's got this comic, funny yeah. approach to it. <laughs> nice. And then uh, there's another song, uh, I really believe in general, um, you know, we lost all these terms of like uh, Arab unity and all of that and it has been cliche. But from what I'm watching in the... Um, in the social media pages, especially between my fans, because they're from so many different countries, is that they're getting united about the music they appreciate together. And I think the way uh, the way Arab countries are gonna get closer is gonna be very different than what we used to think about. It's mm-hmm. not gonna be the ideal uh, approach that we used to be taught, and it is really impossible. But I think uh, something like you let's say starting some sort of franchise mm. and wanting to open a branch in Tunisia and Morocco and this place and that place that kind of need and that kind of demand is going to bring the Arab countries closer you know mm. so we have to look in a different way I have a song that is basically about a guy who's telling his friend that I'm going to walk on foot to come see you basically that's yeah. it it's kind of kind of love it could be brotherly love but so far, I hope if we finish the song, I hope nothing happens to it and doesn't fall apart while I'm writing it. Because sometimes while you're writing a song, you know, it's like you're writing it. Anything? <laughs> you know, it's like you build it, you build it, and then like, uh, oops, and then like it all falls apart. That's and interesting. It's, it's interesting to hear you say that actually, because because <laughs> it's so interesting. Because as a musician, like you reveal, like you're talking about your process and you're kind of being very transparent. So it's really interesting that you would think that. Why would you think that your song would? Uh... It happens. Sometimes you just go further and further in the song, and there was something wrong in the beginning that you wouldn't know until you get to the end interesting and then it just falls apart you know it's like, almost uh, like building a product it's like know? tapestry you know like if, if you don't do it right from the beginning you're gonna uh, you're gonna find out that you messed it all up at the end yeah when you try to tie the last string and it doesn't and it's then it's just and un, and un, unwraps un, un itself that's so interesting you know you, you, your message of love and now you're just saying unity and stuff and, and I, I know that uh, you've also done a anti-bullying uh, campaign I believe it was last year yeah uh, in Jordan was it yes um, where did that come from so your anti-bullying uh, stance and and also does it come come from your lyrics and how does that well come I mean again because I was going through my own self therapy I realized that bullying has a lot to do with uh, self-confidence issues or getting completely steered away. Like we get bullied away from our destiny sometimes mm. or, or the big dream. And, uh, and once I realized or in a way cured myself from this, and I'm not talking about physical bullying. I mean, when you talk about someone punching someone in the face, that's, 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 a, that's a human attacking another human. I think it's a completely different subject. That's not what I cared about. That's aggression. It could be sorted out depending on the school or whoever is monitoring that situation. But when it comes to your friends telling you that you're not worthy of your dream just because they're joking, you know, say something like, you know what, when I grow old, I'm going to be a prime minister. If you're in seventh grade, your colleagues are going to call you prime minister and excellency and all these nicknames mm. until you're done with that school, until you change that Sarcastically, society, yeah. you know, and you might never even change your community. It might be your brother. Mm. 
you know, calling you excellency until uh, the last day of your life. Mm. So with a solid following that got serious, like I said, I felt like I have some sort of power now, which is to be able to address messages because, uh, I mean, it's great that I'm writing songs and I'm singing them, but I want to do more. Mm. So I started this campaign and I went to schools and this is exactly what we tackled uh, through a pop-up concert in the middle of the day, in the middle of their class uh, hours. Nice. So they'd be like about to be in a math class or history and then suddenly it's like, nope, you know, there's a stage outside and it's a concert. So they would already come out with this full enthusiasm and then I had a song that was tailored to the tour and we would sing the song and by the end of the tour, the first tour, the students were singing along. Uh, it did great, you know. It was it, it was full of uh, positive attitude, simple lyrics that teenagers could uh, could uh, understand and comprehend, and um, it did wonderful. And then we started to get challenged in the second tour. Uh, it got uh, uh, interrupted by an anti-movement. Yeah, I remember that. Jordan. I was about to ask you. Some you have you were interrupted at that tour, which was really strange to me. What the happened first there? one went great. Uh, then I decided to go for a second one. And again, uh, thanks to my business skill and project management skills, I also scored more partners to fund it. And, you know, it got bigger and then got louder. Uh-huh. And uh, then we went to public schools in Jordan. Uh, and some of these public schools are female schools and some are male schools. And it was so unfamiliar to the female schools for something like this to happen. Of course, there were fans and they were singing. They were going crazy. And, you know, it was wonderful in that sense. Uh, but uh, it was just too soon. It was just too soon. And I felt it. I mean, in one of the schools, I was looking around me. I was like, wow, I just realized this is the first time that I am in a female public school in Jordan. I've never seen one from inside. Uh, and it made me realize how much of a sacred place I was in that I wasn't sure how this is going to go. Wow. And before you know it, a video was leaked, 10-second video. And uh, just in the right, you know, it's all about titles. So it's like I could release any picture of you and be like, oh, my dear friend, you know, I love this guy. And everybody will be likes and great and blah, blah, blah. But if I post the same picture and say something like, you know, we have those fadihat flan or like, you know, scandal, watch it now. And then suddenly people will find everything in the picture that translates the title, Mm, you know. That's true. So it was just a simple video. They released it and then it was a movement. And then what was the the video? It was uh, it was girls. <laughs> it's so funny because that part, it's really ironic because in that part I'm saying Rahadalni kwayas, and then the audience were saying Shumai ulu ulu, Shumai ulu ulu. So I'm gonna be good, and they're responding whatever they say, whatever they say. Like that's the message, you know. And so that was the video that everybody was like, oh, I can't believe this is happening in our country. <laughs> you know what's happening? <laughs> you know, I was like, what? I'm gonna be good, whatever they say. You know. And of course, it was a big challenge for me as well because I'm not used to anyone stopping me. Like, that's not something that I ever allowed in my way. Yes, I was modest sometimes and I was not uh, knowledgeable of what I'm really doing, but the idea of someone stopping me in the middle of the way like that was not an option. I'd do anything to push them out of my way. But it got so big that I didn't know what to do. You know, uh, and then the parliament stepped in and a representative from the parliament like sent a letter to the prime minister of Jordan asking him like, what is this? We are destroying our schools. And then like this whole the whole word uh, no to bullying became a bad word, like the lingo. Of the country, you know, no to bullying became dangerous, you know, became a big no. So uh, (laughs) I got bullied out of my anti-bullying campaign. Isn't that insane, though? That's a crazy story. Wow. But it also helped me level up as far as how to approach matters and, and to think about the ins and outs before I get into anything, you know, because I used to always wing it. Like, what if this happens? Oh, we'll see. When it happens, I'll do something about it. Before I know it, I realized that I'm just going to be this guy who's angry on his social media and, like, posting all these angry stories and calling these parliament members by names. I would, you know? Yeah. But it's ridiculous, you know? Like, it's ridiculous. And for all these fans that are from different countries, it's not fair, you know? Like, stop the music. Stop everything. Yeah. And let me, you know, get, you know take care of my business, uh, you know, personal stuff on, on my page. So I didn't want to really turn the outlet into that. 
and of course Zena guided me a lot because I was angry you mm. know I was definitely angry and uh, and, and and my temper got tested in an, in a new way that I didn't know I was gonna be ever tested that way and uh, yes before you know it the corporations got too afraid so they're like no we're not gonna fund this anymore uh, the the Ministry of Education completely backed out and oh my god they're so scared wow and that was it. I was like, uh, so I had my pads, you know, my partners like, we can do this fight. And like, nope, we're out. <laughs> you do that on your own. Yeah. <laughs> so we took the whole campaign outside the schools to make a message that we didn't stop. Uh, I did continue to do the workshops. So the problem was the music, no music, you know. So I was like, okay, no music. I did workshops. It brought, it brought me closer to these students because I listened deeper to their stories. It was supposed to be like 10 schools. I did 20. Like, I couldn't stop. I wanted to see more. I went to all these different provinces that I wouldn't have gone to if it was a music tour because of the logistics, you know, like uh, yeah. Lahor and Irbid. And it's very far areas, you right. know. So it was my chance to listen to all these different stories and definitely it helped me grow my message uh, based on case to case. You know, I heard so many stories between these students and man... What they live through these days, it's a whole different story, you know. Like, like I used to be afraid, like that was the worst scenario that could happen to me in school, is to walk after, outside the school and for three guys to be waiting for me and beat me up, right? right? Like that to us was bullying. Right. To them, they have like all these like, and, and this is very important for any parents if they're listening to this, they blackmail each other by creating fake accounts. And like, I'll get you to talk to me as if I'm a girl, right? Like I'll, I'll text with you and I'll make you fall in love and then take all these messages that you sent to me and post them all over the social media, destroy you, destroy your social status. That's amazing. That's, that's yeah, in- yeah. insane. Mean. Just so did really you mean. hear Like, is that stuff that you heard recurrently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People? And it happened like it's, it's in West Amman, which is, you know, like a particular society that is a little more well off and all that stuff. And then you'll hear it in Ghor, in Irbid and all these. Like, it didn't matter. So what, it's more of like social media bullying more than. Yeah, yeah. That's the, wor- that's the world now. Like we used to go to Lhara, you know, neighborhood, go yeah. outside and play in the street. That, that doesn't really exist anymore. It's the world is social media platforms at this point yeah so that's like like the, the neighborhood is in their pocket you know right. yeah exactly yeah so it's it's and it's hard to tell it's so silent because it could be just text so you could have a 13 year old daughter that her life is literally getting destroyed and she's handling it by just tapping on the on the on, on the screen that's crazy yeah, while absolutely. living through this and you have no idea what's going on it's, it's crazy it's crazy and scary to be honest you're right like so much power within this phone that we don't know are you are you continuing this work? Are you uh, doing more around this? At this point, definitely, I'm not gonna go for the Ministry of Education as a partner. I I needed someone stronger in their core, and uh, these guys were not. Mm. I sat in a meeting with Minister of Youth and a few other potential partners. We'll see, we'll see. But definitely, I need solid partners for this. Like it's a great I, message, I can't though. get failed again, you know, by the partners. It's a great message, honestly, and that's it's amazing that you've. You didn't stop and you went out and you've met these people in person, which I think made you understand stories more closely to these people. I don't don't regret anything. Like if something doesn't go my way, I mean, while it's happening, it's really tough. But after it happens, there's always something at the end of that tunnel. Like there's always something that wasn't going to happen if things did not get distracted. If this anti-bullying campaign didn't get distracted, a lot of things in my life wouldn't have happened, especially going out there and talking to these students and really finding out how this goes on ground. So I don't have a very generic message that doesn't resonate with what's really going on in their lives. So I feel, in a way, lucky, I can't believe I'm saying that, that this happened. Yeah, everything works out for the best, I guess. At the end of the day, everything has a reason. If you have the right intentions, I think. Yeah. I think I'm still testing this whole thing, but I think if you have the proper and right intentions, yeah, everything works out for the best, even the bad stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> Aziz, it's uh, it's really it was awesome talking to you. <laughs> Thank you. Because you are a uh, like there's a you have a lot to say, you know, and uh, and I think. One hour is hardly enough to sit with you, man. <laughs> yeah, because my head is going to explode. I have so much ideas. Yeah, It's honestly amazing because <laughs> you have... It's, it's so obviously you're passionate about what you're saying and you believe in what you're saying. 
And uh, there's a lot of people you talk to and you feel like uh, they're just selling you hot air. Mm. But with you, like sitting across you today, I could see that you believe in everything that you've said. Although I, but I might be wrong about everything I said today. I might realize <laughs> next year, like, listen, man, forget about everything I Delete said. Delete the podcast. Let's do a new one. Uh, <laughs> it's all wrong. Abort. But, <laughs> but it's, honestly, it's honestly amazing. And what's cool about this, to be honest with you, is... Just the sense of like the energy that you're giving uh, throughout this podcast and for the listener and <clears throat> the viewer, the belief that you're putting out there, I think that's very important for people to listen to because your star- story is a story of get- going against the odds, you know, and succeeding. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to listen to, especially in our region. Um, so I really appreciate that you took some time from your schedule because I know you have a lot of gigs all the time and <laughs> writing and Zena and, and, and uh, <laughs> on your case writing music, <clears throat> but um, I'm, I really appreciate that you had the time to stop by and spot us. I know there's a lot of heavy metal in the background, but I guess it's a, it's a special episode of the Bass and they're, Podcast. They're letting it all out. These guys are just letting it all <laughs> so out. So from what you're saying, and your anger is like I don't know how much of it's going to be picked up in the mic, but at least if it is, then you know now we know why. Uh, so I really appreciate your time, man. I really do. And I really hope that we could do another one, hopefully in the future when, you know, I just want to see where you are in your journey and we can like sort of sense check, hey, where are you today from last time we spoke and that kind of thing. Man, I really appreciate you giving me this outlet. And this definitely is a unique podcast. My ukulele is here. I didn't play it at all. And that kind of makes me feel like, oh, this is different. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know you. a lot of Thank people you tell this. you like, hey, can you sing for us? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'd sing with you right now if you want. Yeah. <laughs> no, you actually uh, helped me get a lot out of my chest. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It's honestly, thank you for coming, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, all right. Well, thank you so much. This is it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Aziz. And we are...